What up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Smell My Bourbon. I'm your host, Mike Sanchez, along with my co-host, Doc. And today we have, uh, today uh, Dave Jokes wasn't able to make it with us, so uh, he's, he's just going to miss out on some really good stuff today. Awesome. Uh, what do we got here? We got some good stuff here today. Uh, we got a, for the first time, we're trying out a rum. Normally, we always do bourbons, but we're trying out a rum, and the rum has been matured in bourbon ca- uh, casts so um so it, it's it's kind of ties into the whole bourbon thing still and then of course we got an awesome cigar here today that we're going to be trying out the uh the uh the drum the drum cast number three so excited um so on top of all the the new stuff the the, the first time trying out some rum this new cigar here we also have our first two um our first uh guest uh here at the studio with us. Uh, I mean, we've had guests before when we do uh, out out on the site uh, recording. So it's going to be our first actual guest at the studio, though. So uh, say hi to everybody, uh, guest. Hello, guys. I'm Lou the Inspector. Lou the Inspector. Awesome, awesome. It's good to have you today. So, uh, Lou the Inspector, uh, give us a little bit of uh, background on you with uh, cigars and uh, rum. Do you have any experience with any of these two things? Or I, I'm not an expert in it. I just know that I, I like them. Um, I like basically liquor and uh, cigars. I'm not really a, a cigarette a fan of just smoking, but I like s- smoking cigars. So you like smoking cigars? That's yeah, a, no cigarettes. So what, what is it about cigars that you that you enjoy? They give you a pretty good buzz, man. I like I like it because of that. You know, just straight up, it's just they give you a pretty good buzz, and it's I, I don't know. I just like the taste. It, it's just everything's different about it than it's like a regular cigarette. It's better taste than a regular cigarette. You get more of the 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 the, the flavor of the tobacco you get more of the uh the smoke i guess the the the, the like the, the tobacco smoke the leaf smoke more so than like the extra stuff that people get in cigar or in cigarettes you know the additives and all the uh, extra chemicals and stuff like that yes and, and it's just i don't know i just i like it you know especially with a little a good it's liquor. calming it is calming yeah that's why it i like it. it's calming I mean, I think that's the same reason why Doc needs it. Because, you know, Doc, he's a wild one. So he, he needs as much common as we can get. Especially yep. after a hard day at work and stuff like that, right, Doc? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just one of the, the good things to come home. Come home to a bourbon, a good cigar, take the edge off the day. So today, as I said, we have something different. We have a rum. So you want to tell us a little bit about what we have today, uh, Doc? Yeah, so we'll be stepping out of our, our comfort zone, but Dave kind of set us up for that, and we're missing our uh, Cabernet Savion that was supposed to be aged in a bourbon barrel. So I brought a rum that was aged 21 years in a, in a bourbon barrel. So we'll stick to our, our bourbon theme. And so what is, this, uh, what is this, what's the name of this rum? So I'm going to butcher the name, but I call it uh, Zafra. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. It's, it's, Zafra, Z-A-F-R-A, Zafra. I would agree on that pronunciation. That's my best uh, Panamanian pronunciation. <laughs> Your best Panamanian? 
So tell us a little bit more about this, uh, this Zafra uh, rum that we have today. So Zafra, it's supposed to be distilled in Panama, uh, Las Cabras Distillery. So 21 year, it's essentially the work of Master Blender, because, you know, rums are a blend. Um, I believe his name's Francisco Fernandez. They call him Don Pancho. Don um, Pancho, I like that. That's, a, that's a, a good alias to go by. So made from molasses, aged in used bourbon barrels. 21 years is the age statement that they give it. So it should have some, some very good uh, tasting notes. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. So you say it was, it's made from molasses. So cause I don't know a lot about the process for, for rum. Obviously, we, we talked a lot about the process of, of uh, creating uh, bourbon and how it's, it, you know, it's distilled mesh and it's put in a, in a white oak barrel and it's kept for so long in there. Um, so, but, but rum, com, rum comes from molasses, so it's more of a sugar base then? So sugar cane sugar or cane. sugar juice. So they'll ferment that and then they'll distill that. So uh, and sugar and the distilled sugar, whether it be from molasses or, or sugar cane or from the corn mesh, that's still what the liquor comes from, right? It's the, it's the distilled sugar. Yes, that's what's going to um, feed the to generate the the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. I'm excited about it. So let's uh, tell you what. Let's go ahead and get this bottle popped. So everybody, quiet. Let's hear the pop. I like that. That's my favorite part of this whole bottle thing is that my favorite. Oh, my God. Right now, I just open it up. It has such a great aroma. It's it's really. It smells good. So the first thing I notice is the color looks like, like, like a uh, bourbon. It's got a bourbon color to it. The same kind of caramel color. It's light, but it does not have a bourbon smell. No, no. It has a sweet, sweet kind of smell to it a little bit. It doesn't really? have too much of a smell. I don't think. Does it? Does it have too much of a smell? It's- um, it should catch a lot of the the fruit smells. Yeah. You know the the sweetness. I got a bad sense of smell, though. I think it's too much cocaine for when I was younger. (laughs) Too much cocaine when you're younger, huh? It just tore up that smell. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. He's got, I got a nose that allows you to eat ass. (laughs) Mike always to the extreme. (laughs) Right? Always. (laughs) So, all right. It does help. You know what? I'm going to take a a taste of this this rum here because I personally have never drank rum. So... Oh, it's smooth. Wow. I like that. So it is sweet, mm-hmm. but I do catch the familiar taste of, of the, the rum in it. I mean, of the of the, the bourbon in it. Yeah, go back and, and grab a, another sip, and then it should uh, kind of reveal all its other little flavors. Let's try. Because that first sip, it's just going to kind of go through your palate, any of the spice or the heat from the alcohol. It kind of surprises you, and you don't get to taste as much. But that second one, kind of hold it in there, run it. Yeah, around, let it kind of, kind of like chew on it. warm up a little bit in there, and it, it got. 
it's got a very complex like flavor. It's got a lot of little things in there. Like I can't quite put my finger on it, but so the first time I took the sip, it, I, I could uh, instantly taste the bourbon. But I, that second sip, I held it in a little bit, kind of swished it around a little bit, and then you start tasting other little sweet notes, a little bit of um. It does have like a kind of reminds me of a little bit of molasses, I think, like a little bit of sweet, like just like um. I don't know. It's just got this weird. It's got like a nice little aftertaste. It doesn't have that burn. Burn. It's it's good. I like it. Yeah, it doesn't it's have definitely that, different. Doesn't have that Kentucky hug. No, it doesn't have that exactly. So, what are we smoking here today? Along with this, where's um, did you get a chance to? So, I, was this a pick from Tyler at the smoke ring? So this wasn't Tyler, but this is one of the other his other cohorts today from the smoke ring. Uh, he wasn't there this day, but they said that this should pair really well with something that's that's been infused or been aged in a bourbon barrel because it's going to bring out that bourbon uh, in what you're drinking. So I think what we have here today is from like CNC Cigar. So it's their Dram series. They have, uh, I think, four. They're up to four now. They have a cask one, two, three, and four. Um and these are designed to kind of pair with your bourbons, your whiskeys. So what we have here is cask number three. And just, you know, on the label, uh, it says it's supposed to good pair well uh, with a good spicy, you know, bourbon. It fits the spicy profiles. And the cigar itself is going to be a, a medium strength. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm excited about it. It, it, it smells good. It just should, the initial smell smells good. Yeah, it should smell Smell, taste, should be a, a good pairing. So let's try it out then. Let's light these things up and let's see what's up. Wow. I like it. It's got a good. So right off the bat, you could taste that. Was it Nicaraguan tobacco? Um, from what I've been able to find out, I believe everything's uh, Dominican. Is it Dominican? It is good. Oh, no. I could be wrong. It's Nicaraguan, right? I think this is Nicaraguan. Yes. Yeah, I was right the first time. Oh, good guess. Yeah. No, it wasn't a guess, fool. <laughs> that was, that was, that's from doing this over and over and over again. I'm starting to learn my tobaccos. And this, Man, is, this is pretty good. It's good, right? I don't think I had Nicaraguan tobacco mm. before. It's pretty good. So I like I like the way first of all, I like the taste. It tastes really good. 
It's got a good um, spice. I can taste the kind of uh, cracked pepper in there a little bit. So you could try it. You could definitely taste that that pepper. You got the yeah, nice, kind of a, like nice it, spice, a little bit of pepper. It's not too much, too much. It's not too heavy. It's just yeah, it's it's a, it's a nice medium smoke. It's actually really good. It's um, the leaf uh, outside looks great. You all right there, uh, Lou? Yeah, man, I, I, that's why I don't smoke. I'm always cough whenever I'm smoking anything, even if it's a cigar. So, you do realize you're not supposed to take it into your lungs, I, right? I don't, but I kind of hold it in, and even that makes me cough. You know? Does it really? Though? It does, so, it just does. holding it in kind of makes you. Yeah, even just holding it in my mouth kind of it makes me cough. Man, that didn't sound right at all. Yeah, you know, yeah, that just sound sounded. Right uh, yeah, sounded yeah, just holding it in my mouth makes me uh, cough. Yeah, that doesn't sound right at all. Not what I meant. So right now I'm enjoying it. I'm uh, I know I need to be doing some talking here. Uh, <laughs> so in the meantime, Lou, tell us a little bit about you, buddy. Um, obviously you're not uh, you're not a, a, a expert at smoking, but you're kind of started picking it up. What got what got you to start picking it up? Or who introduced you into cigars? Or did anybody introduce you to cigars? Honestly, man, I, I just kind of saw it a lot in the movies and all that. Man, that looks cool. Honestly, just kind of. You know, that's cool to be smoking a cigar. I remember Tony Montana on um, on Scarface, you know, so always smoking a cigar, always smoking a Cuban. And I was like, you know what, I want to try that, see what it's like. And I liked it. I, I've tried smoking before, and I didn't like it very much, like regular cigarettes. And cigars, I just kind of liked that. It just gave, they gave you kind of like a little bit of a, a buzz that is kind of it's kind of a cleaner buzz, you know, that it gives you. And I like the taste of it. You know, it's on a leaf. It's the tobaccos. It's just a whole different taste to it. I, I'm by far no expert, and I, I can't tell the taste like you guys can, but I, I like it. That's cool. That's, they, that, and so this is the thing. We're not experts either. We're all pretty much amateur still at this, and that's the whole thing about this podcast is is introducing new people into cigars and into bourbon, into whatever we're drinking, and just kind of opening people's eyes up to the, to the culture of, of uh, smoking cigars and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that there is a, a there is an, a, like a subculture of cigar smokers and and uh, you, there's a, there's an etiquette to doing all this and stuff. We had this in the last podcast. We talked about the etiquette and everything, like the proper way to cut your cigar, um, the rotation of smoking it, things and such like that. Um, that's what we try to do with this podcast: just inform people, and that way we can get people like like you who are new to it that can kind of listen to our podcast, uh, get an idea of what they what uh, what they're doing, and then introduce you to some new cigars that you might not have tried because you would have never known hey let me go out and try this and now so you listen to it you hear it you hear us talk about it and then like you know what now i know what i'm gonna go next time i'm gonna go try you know you may may have never ever thought about grabbing a dram i never thought about grabbing a dram i would have never thought about grabbing it because the first thing i do is smell them and right now when i smell it you guys smell something different than i did i when i smelled it it was just it wasn't like i like the kind of like a sweet kind of smell to the to the cigars kind of and so you like you like the lighter ones, you like your yours to be more on the blonde side. Maybe, maybe. Just, yeah, because the blondes tend to be a little bit more sweeter, and the and the sweeter, and, and then they they're they're easier for people just getting into it. Uh, I start off smoking mostly blondes and, and 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 the lighter ones, and I've kind of slowly progressively made my way up to medium, to where I'm kind of like a medium heavy guy. I think right now, I think we're both kind of like in that same medium heavy 
Yeah, we started out with like the Connecticut wrappers. And now I think like this one, we're getting into more of the, the Maduros. So it's kind of like, you know, we started on our, our bourbon journey. Like me and Lou were talking about this one kind of before. We started off light, started off, you know, with ice, you know, 80 proofs. And, you know, now we're like single barrels and 120, 130 proofs. It's neat. Yeah. No ice. Evolving, basically. Evolving. Evolving. Yeah, your, ta- <coughs> your, your taste, taste evolves. evolves. As you as you progress along, your taste evolves. And speaking of taste, have you taken a sip yet of that rum after hit, taking a, a, a oh, puff on the uh, cigar? It tastes way better now. I mean, it was good before, but now it tastes it better. Really, yeah, it, it really it, does. It's, it's it's really emphasizing or, or, or accentuating those uh, notes. And, and here, look at me trying to use big words over here. Everybody knows I'm not that educated. And I don't mean like it tastes way better, like it didn't taste good before. It tasted just it enhanced good, the, the but it notes. did enhance the flavor and it's made it smoother and it just it it's makes a big difference. When yeah, you smoke I think we hit on a, a good combination here. I mean, I, like, I, I like this yeah. one a lot. Yeah, I like this a, a lot. Right this, is, this is a really good one. So Lou, uh, again, tell us a little bit about you. What do you what do you do, man? What do you, what is what is it that you do? What do you um, I mean. So I do QAQC, uh, which is quality assurance, quality control, for a contractor uh, that works out there in the refineries and the refineries here in, Houston, in the Houston area. Okay, so the Houston area and you ref- did you. So when you say QAQC, what do we? Uh, obviously, that's quality control. Quality. Uh, um, the so, A stands for what? Quality uh, assurance. So the quali- company the company that I work for does uh, piping. Uh, they do a lot of piping and welding, uh, like pipe fitters and welders. Okay, okay. And um, so what I do, I go behind them, and after they completed a job, I go behind them and make sure that they're doing it to the right, the correct specifications, the correct codes, um, and the and everything's been. <laughs> you okay, Mike? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So the reason why Lou is laughing over here is because I was smoking and I was into this conversation and at the same time my cigar dropped out of my hand and I tried catching it and I caught the wrong end of it and I made an ass out of myself. So Sorry, that's Mike. why Lou's laughing. He's Sorry. laughing at my suffering try, over here. I was trying to hold it in, but I couldn't hold it in no more. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on this podcast. I just dropped my... yeah. I caught it, but I caught it. It didn't, it didn't go I'm, out. I I'm caught an it. expert, Mike, but I, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's 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 a small cigar. <laughs> I'm used to holding bigger cigars. Wow. All right, sorry about that. Sorry about that. So, go ahead, go ahead, continue on. So, okay, so you you check on the piping and everything. So you're basically like uh, ensure that it's done correctly. Yeah, I'm sure it's done correctly. So from the from every stage, you know, from the beginning when we order the material and receive the material, so we do like materials. And, Material and check that the material has been ordered to the correct specifications, and then is the correct, um, and then it's and, and then check the MTRs, which is the material to test results, and all that from the beginning of uh, receiving the inspect the receiving the material to the welding, making sure the welding is done correctly to the right specifications also because we got welding procedures that we have to follow uh, all the way up to the end to where we got to turn over the package uh, or turn over the the equipment to the the plant and then from there uh hand it over to them after to make sure that everything's done correctly so once you've uh gone through and said everything is good i mean so when you're doing this walkthrough and making sure that stuff is good and everything's done correctly are they with you to verify that this is also done good or they, they just take your word on it depends on the plant depends on the on the client basically some clients uh rely on you to basically be the less line of defense and some have extra um, uh, what you call QAs, uh, third-party inspectors that go behind you and check, make sure 
that you're doing your job correctly as well. So an inspector, inspector, inspector. Yes, correct. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I can, I can see that. I mean, I, definitely uh, being in the chemical process myself, I can understand the importance of, of check twice, do one time kind of thing, you know, because especially um, in the industry, it's, 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 there's a lot of uh, risk. There's a lot of uh, uh, challenges and a lot of opportunities for, for potential dangers. Yeah, we also have like a lot of NDE, which is called uh, non-destructive examinations that we have to do. And uh, for example, on some of this stuff, we got to do like PMI testing, which is positive material identification. When it comes to like um, any kind of exotic metals, like stainless steel, any kind of alloys that we use, um, and that could really come into and could, could be catastrophic where it's like if a welder uses the wrong uh, filler metal, which is the welding wire that they use to weld, if they use the wrong one and the wrong material, a specific product can actually deteriorate it and you can have something, you can have a major leak of something like caustic or anything, something like that. Or it could completely blow out completely and cause completely. A, a major, yes, major issue. Okay, so that, that's, that's cool. I mean, that sounds, that sounds like something that, that, that is very interesting, very cool. Um, but at the same time, it sounds like something that could be really stressful too. I mean, you've got a lot of responsibility sitting there on your shoulders uh, and on your signature, I, I'd assume. Well, as long as th as long as I make sure that everything's being done right and the way it's supposed to, uh, and we follow procedure, then it doesn't get it's not too hard and making and just making sure that the guys are doing the guys are actually doing the work, and I'm just making coming back behind and making sure it's done correctly. And if they're not, we'll just we'll fix it and go on about it. So, have you ever had something where you had to come back and be like, "Look, this is all wrong. We need to do it over again." Yeah, when it comes to this PMI, uh, one time I was in this on this one job and and. Um, I saw that there was a well, a stainless steel well that was rusted out, and I said, you know, that's not supposed to happen. So it was contaminated. So we came back into PMI, which is positive material identification, and found out that some of it was um, different carbon. grades. No, it wasn't carbon. It was stainless steel, but a different grade. So we were supposed to be having 316 stainless steel on the whole lines. And but we the, had three, so in the different grades of the stainless steel, though, because stainless steel still has some carbon, correct? I don't believe so. No? Not, not as much carbon, no, sir. But wait, so everything has some kind of carbon, so it has carbon equivalency. Right, right that's what I was saying. So it has a little bit, but in the different grades, is the lower the grade, the more of that carbon it might have. I mean, it's still so, stainless steel, but it has more. It's a little more complicated than that, but, you know, and it's kind of a long subject, and it's very technical. They, they <laughs> onboard the shit out of y'all. That's, right? that's another way of him telling me, just shut the fuck up and let me go on when I'm saying, I got you, I got you. I was trying to, to put my, in, but you're right. I don't know a lot about it. So, so when, when we did that, we found out we had different grades mixed in. So we had some 316, was some 304, and they're not supposed to be, they're, they're not supposed, they weren't supposed to be in there the way that they were. So and so we had, allowed it to rust. Well, no, the rust was because they, can, they had some contaminated, um, wire brush that they used and so everything was actually correct for what they were using but we found out down the line we actually had some some 304 mixing with some 316 so we had to cut oh. that 304 material we had to cut it out and put 316 because that 304 material isn't as resistant as the 316 maybe well, or something they, or? They, they both have different qualities they're, they're both more resistant to a one or another so it's not like one of them is better than the other. So like three or four could take more heat than the other ones. They just do different, use them for different things. Got you. Got you. Cool. So you got to know a lot. So did you, have, did you have to do a lot of schooling in order to do this? I mean, did, or is this like, uh, did you get a degree in this? Or I have a certification that I got from AWS, which is American Wellness Society, that I took. I got a, a certificate from them. I took a, a seminar, then I took a test, which to me it was kind of hard. You know, I'm not a. Well, overall, how long did that process take? 
a couple months. A couple of months. Yes. But prior to that, you were also a welder for numerous years, correct? I was welding for seven and a half years before I got. But whenever, whenever you start talk about inspection and you talk about welding, like yeah, you you do some welding inspection, but most of your job is not really about welding. Welding is only maybe about ten percent of the whole whole thing, because looking at welds is that's basically the easy part, making sure everything else is done correctly. Right like, bolts, example, right gaskets. Line up, everything lining up just right, correctly, yes, sir. But because you had a background that, though, you kind of, going into inspection, you kind of already knew what to look for because you've been working with that as well prior to that, correct? Correct. So it helps a little bit. It's not necessary. It's not necessity, but it, it helps. It does. Cool. Tremendous. Cool. That's good, man. So um, I know you said you go to plants. So, I mean, do you go to different plants or do you, you stay at the same plant or do you travel? Does your job allow you to do some traveling? I mean... Depends on the job, honestly, because like, the job that I'm at now, I go to different plants um, just about every day. But there's been there's been most of the jobs that I am I am in, you have to you're you're basically at one plant. The, depending on the length of the job, if it's a pretty big job, you're there the whole time, all the time. But you you but eventually but eventually you're going to change. Yeah, I mean like it is you're not there like one specific plant for like multiple years. No, no, no. Most like I said, it depends on the projects, right? So I've been in like one one place for like three years. But then, you know, from there you move to another job if, or if you take another job or where you get a better precision or anything like that, then it uh, depends on the longevity of the job, basically. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Hmm. Yes, sir. I have no idea what that was, but we'll edit it out later. The ghost of the studio. Yeah. Just, there's always something, either a doorbell rings or something falls or something shakes and it always comes down the thing and. People just like think there's hectic stuff going around in the Hold studio. Hold on, you never told me you had a ghost. I didn't sign up for no ghost, bro. Ah, don't worry about it. It's a just friendly ghost. Previous oh. producers that have been fired. Right, for, for, for not doing what they're supposed to do. Did they hex you guys with some kind of distractions? Is that what it is? Probably, probably. Put the curse on us. Exactly. So um, so while you're, if you're not out in inspecting, um, what, are you, what are you drinking? Oh, I like, man, I like scotch. I like, I like to drink scotch quite a bit or beer, you know, or anything or anything that has alcohol in it, honestly, you know, <laughs> as, long as, as long as I can get a good buzz, you know, but I, I, I like scotch. I like rum. I really like rum. I've been getting into rum quite a bit lately. So is this your first time trying the, uh, the Zafra? This is the first time trying the Zafra. This is really good rum. This is, this is really good rum. It is really good rum. In fact, I'm going to get me another little glass. Uh, man, I know me up too. Mike's are, are lightweight and he finished first. <laughs> you sure did. It's good, and it really gives it, you know, with the cigar, it really gives it a, a even though it's good by itself, with the cigar, it tastes better. It really does. Yeah, I think we hit on a, on a good combination here. So what do you like on scotch? I, man, just about anything, honestly, but it, I, I like Johnny Walker. <laughs> I'm all thumbs over here today, guys. Just leave me alone, man. Leave me alone. Wait, I, I think you're I'm thumb, all thumbs. thumbless. I'm just hitting everything today. So, so on Scotch, I really like I like Buchanan's, uh, like the eighteen year old or twenty one year olds. Those are really good. Um, the twelve year old is good too, but I prefer you know like eighteen year old or twenty one year old. They're just a little pricey. He's talking about Scotch people. He's talking about Scotch. Yeah, it gets a little <laughs> pricey. It doesn't get a little pricey. A little pricey. I like Johnny Walker too. Johnny Walker's pretty good. I like. So I've never had Johnny. Walker. No, I think it back. I've had Gentleman Jack. So that's the same thing, right? Johnny Walker's Gentleman Jack is a like yeah. a higher end of of Johnny Walker. No, so, no. no, they're different. Yes. Very, oh. very different. Separate countries. Really? Then I, I apologize. See, that's how much I don't know about Scotch. Yeah, like Johnny Walker. I like Johnny Walker. And then I'm trying, I tried out a new one called Pinch. 
Lately, it's an 18-year-old bottle, and that's, it's pretty smooth. I like that. I like that one. I was going to bring that one with me, but you said we are doing brandy, so we're actually doing Cabernet Sauvignon, but, but instead we ended up doing rum today. So, uh, But so far, I like this, this Zafra. It's, it's got a good flavor to it. Um, it's my first experience with, with rum, and I'm really liking it. Like I, I dig this. I, I should probably add rum to my... Uh, my repertoire here. I, I think I need to start adding that for sure. Uh, I mean, it, it tastes good. The cigar definitely oh, good. brings out more of the flavor from the rum. Like I said, pretty good. Um, I do like. I like um, also. Was it Chivas? I don't know how to pronounce it. We, I used to pronounce it Chivas, but Chivas, Chivas Regal. That one's pretty good too. I like that one. So Chivas Regal is a, it's a Scotch. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Chivas Regal is pretty good. It's. Um, it's pretty good scotch. I like it, too. Well, cool. So you, you're a scotch guy. So hopefully today with this podcast and with this uh, tasting, we're going to open you up a little bit more to rums and bourbons. Yeah, bourbons. Uh, maybe get you into the bourbon, bring you into the bourbon fold a little bit, but surely. Yeah, man, I, I like it. I like it. It's uh, it's not bad. Like when I, when I, when I smoke a cigar, I usually like to have uh, some scotch, but this is this is not bad at all. Right, because it, 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 the too. cigar makes a big difference on, 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 the, on how it tastes and it how, it, it, it's, how it drinks. It does, it does. So I usually like it with just a little bit of ice. Or sometimes I drink it without ice, but it's whenever I guess it depends on how hard the day was, you know. So so when you <laughs> when you drink and you smoke, do you do it alone or you do you like to smoke with groups or drink with groups? Not everybody'll do this, you know what I mean? Not you don't have like everyone that likes to, you know, have just scotch just like that or bourbon or, or rum just like on a rock. Somebody a lot of people like to mix it. And I don't really like to mix it. Um like for example, Scotch tastes—it doesn't taste bad with um, with like ginger ale or Seven Up. It tastes—it's got pretty good, you know, pretty good flavor to to it. So, so, and the people that usually like to drink it is the, that I hang out with. Um, I like to drink it with that. So, and they don't really like cigars either. The kind of the people that I hang out with. So it's all about the crowd. So you gotta you gotta elevate your crowd a little bit. <laughs> yeah, in a way, I guess. <laughs> Look at me sounding all snobbish and shit. You need to elevate your crowd. Oh, no. If you have a, a good bottle of bourbon, I mean, those are, are meant to be shared. I mean, you break open a good bottle. Absolutely. It's about making memories. Absolutely. You know, meeting new friends. When I was actually picking up this bottle, I was over there at uh, the local specs, and they were supposed to be getting their allocation drop that day. And so there was like three or four guys who saw the truck out in the parking lot. And so they all came in, hey, asking for their request. Hey, do you have this or do you have this or do you have this? Because down here we only get certain bottles. I think they intentionally do it on purpose. Yeah, they, they get whatever sells over here in this area. Oh, I think they, they limit our supply here because if you like on the bourbon forums, you'll see, you know, on the East Coast, they kind of have everything that we're after, and they're complaining that they can't get what we want, but it's piled up on, on the shelves. So it's kind of like the distributors have created this, like, false demand. Yeah, it's a, it's a supply and demand kind of thing, so you can sell it for more. You think that's based on, on the actual demand of that, of that store? No, no. It, it's like a, a, a national demand. You know, the distributors are keeping the demand for their products. So they keep us out there. They're hunting. So they can keep the prices up a little bit more. So uh, if they, if they, it's kind of like um, if they've sent everything to the East Coast, then that market they can sell it at a higher, at a lower price, but they got sell a lot of it, and then send us the stuff that they they want over there over here, so we get at a lower price. But the stuff that we want, 
increases the price because all of it's over there and same and vice versa so basically creating that 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 supply and demand oh i want it over here but i ain't got it whereas over there if you get in in the east coast you can get it cheaper than over here and vice versa oh it's expensive everywhere but so here we were it's like five guys five strangers never met nothing but then we just started talking and we were there in the aisles for like 30 minutes just talking about bourbon sharing our stories sharing what we're hunting for kind of sharing where uh hey have you seen this at this store have you seen this at this store that one but the the sad part on that story was is they didn't get their allocation and everybody was kind of just sad so i had heard about this uh rum and i was like well let me try that one i'm glad you did because it, it's really really good i'm almost done with my second glass already and i need to slow myself down because it's really like i said it's really really good so um yeah we again, don't want to repeat it was it episode three dude episode two no episode was, it, two? It, was it two or three I, I don't remember but it was yeah i, I got drunk messed mike up. Got i drunk? got so messed up because well doc here brought like four <laughs> different bottles of bourbon and we tried each and every single one and every time my glass would get empty before i knew it he was already refilling it and so by the end of the day i was like i was beyond buzzed i was i was already messed up so it, it turned into a very interesting conversation you're lightweight uh, too, Mike. So say again. You're lightweight too. So I, I am a lightweight for the most part. But that day I was really holding my own. I think, and it, and it, it felt good. It was a good. It was a really good podcast. We had a lot of fun with it. If you get a chance, go back and check out episode two, I believe. Um, so with this being said, now that we talked about our cigar, so we know that the cigar that we're going that we're that you should try out is called the uh, the Drom. It's cast number three. Um, it runs roughly about nine to ten dollars. It's not an expensive cigar. Uh, but it smokes really, really well. I think it holds its own uh, against uh, the more uh, pricier twelve to thirteen dollars cigars. Um, and of course, we we drinking the the rum, the Zafra rum today, which is really, really good. Um, it is aged in, in in a bourbon cask, so it it's got that bourbon hints uh, on there. The uh, the cigar definitely helps bring it out a little bit more. Um, so that's what we're smoking. That's what we're drinking today. So what are we talking about today? So what we're going to talk about today is Valentine's Day. Everybody knows it's coming up pretty close. It's right around the corner. Um, and everybody's either done their shopping or if they're like me, they're last minute shopping and just trying to figure out and scramble to figure out what they want to do. So, um, Mike, uh, Mike, before we get on, before we get into that. Yes. I'd like to ask you guys a question for, sure. as, as, a, as a rookie standpoint, right? For uh -huh, does a glass make a difference whenever you? I mean, if it's if you're drinking out of a glass, out of uh, out of a glass cup or or a paper cup or, or a solo cup or anything like that, does that make a difference to you guys? To me, I can taste a difference in the in in the bourbon when it's in a glass versus if I was to drink it out of a plastic. So, do you want to go like you want to go expensive like a, just a, like a regular glass or like a crystal type glass or anything? I've never had like a that crystal that glass because I, I I'm I'm still brand new to this as myself, but I do have um, some glass cups that are or bourbon cups or or liquor cups, and uh, I try to I try to drink out of those only um, because I feel one I can put my ice in there; it holds the flavor a lot better. Okay. It is. I think with a with a with a plastic, for some reason, I get. Anytime you drink anything out of a plastic glass, you always get that kind of plastic flavor out of it. You know, like especially like like if it's been washed and the detergent soap sits in there, and you still get it, kind of get that detergent every now and then, mm. and and plastics because it, it's so porous. Whereas a glass, I don't get that. I can wipe it down real good, clean it out real good, and I just take it. It just tastes better, and and then like I feel like the liquor just swishes around a lot easier in it. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know. If there's an actual 
difference in the two, but I, I prefer to, if I'm going to drink it. And again, it goes back to etiquette. If I'm going to drink a bourbon, I'm going to drink a whiskey. I want to treat it properly. I want to drink it out of a glass um, that it's designed to, to, to drink out of because it lets it aerate. It lets it um, open up to the air a little bit better and, 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 and allow the, the, the flavors to come out more, I think. Yeah, the, the biggest part the glass is going to play is kind of on your, your sense of smell. If you can, we're kind of using the, what I call like the old-fashioned glass today. Just a simple little crystal glass. But um, we were talking about the Glen Cairns kind of off mic. And you'll see a lot of people who are going to be sampling their bourbons. It lets you get like a more focused smell. Um and then smell and taste, they I mean they kinda go go together really, really well. So the glass it can make a, a little difference. Um I don't have a palate for that. My smell isn't that great yet, but hope to develop it to there someday. See, and I think my palate taste wise has always been like that. I've always had a really sensitive taste bud for everything. So I the taste it makes a big difference. Because I've 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 had <sighs> I'm gonna admit to it, but I've had bourbon out of a paper gla- uh, paper cup before, and it just had a different taste to it. Like again, you didn't get the smell out of it; it didn't open up all the way like it's supposed to. You still kind of taste that wax kind of it's stuff, more like a shot. Yeah, it just it's not good. It just it, it's it's good, but it's not as good as. And then when I put it in the glass, when I have a, a glass a cup, kind of like what we have here, like look, these little glass crystals, um, it just all in all, it, you just. It allows it to move a little bit better in it, and so it opens up the flavor a little bit more. It opens up to the air a little bit more, and I like to put the the I like to put that one cube of ice in there, and it melts out just a little bit better in there, and it just kind of allows it to mix better to open up all the flavors and everything. So you get all. I think I get a stronger note out of the out of uh, drinking bourbon or rum now, because again, this is my first time doing the rum thing, and I love it. I'm loving this rum, by the way. This is really good. Uh, so yeah, that helps at all. I would prefer to, to do it out of glass personally. Me too, by the way. All right, cool. So back to the topic at hand today. So the topic at hand today is is, is Valentine's. It's right around the corner. Uh, And and so we kind of want to give our our listeners an opportunity uh, to kind of think of, see what we do with Valentine's Day and and, and maybe hopefully give them some ideas of what they can do with Valentine's Day. Because like uh, any other guy, uh, I know we always have really busy schedules and and sometimes not everything is at the top of our list. And, And Valentine's, I feel like sometimes falls a little bit down down the list uh, as far as what we feel is either important or that we think of right at the time. Not that we don't feel it's important, but it kind of slips our mind because of everything else going on. So, um, do you have any? Uh, how about how's Valentine's for you? What is it? Does it play a big role uh, with you, maybe in your relationship or anything like that, or is it kind of? Uh, of course, I mean Valentine's Day. You have a a wife or a girlfriend or anything. They're always going to play a big deal because women make a big deal about it. You know. Yeah. So, you know. It's definitely a holiday uh, geared towards the women, and uh, and and of course, as rightfully it should be. I mean, they, they they do so much for us that they definitely deserve a holiday that that allows us to um, really show them appreciation for everything they do for us. So, um, wh- so what do you normally do for Valentine's? What does Valentine's usually look for, Lou? So, do you feel like you know uh, Valentine's Day is more like a Hallmark holiday? Is that what, do you feel like that? I feel like it was definitely a made-up holiday uh, to spend. Because, I mean, to, technically, if you're doing things right, you should be celebrating your wife or your spouse or your girlfriend every day. I mean, you should, I think we, I think most guys most guys, go out of their way on a, on a daily basis to, to kind of show them that you care about them, that you love them. Um, I definitely think that, that Valentine's Day is a very commercialized. Um, it's definitely, uh, like you said, a Hallmark kind of day. It, it, it was... 
it's uh, encouraged to, to buy cards, encouragement to buy chocolates, jewelry, and, and whatnot. Well, okay, so you say jewelry. Do you buy jewelry for Valentine's? I used to when I was younger. Yeah, when I, me and my wife were um, still dating, I would buy jewelry for her a lot. You know, I would buy maybe like some earrings or, you know, a necklace or something like that. So, you know, in, in here in Texas, uh, we have K Jewelers. And that always, uh, Valentine's Day is the commercial you see everywhere. A kiss begins with K, you know, and so everybody wants to go to K Jewelers. And K Jewelers, is, they, they boy, they market the crap out of the Valentine's Day. They get those little pennants, and they know that we're not going to spend a lot of money. So they bring out a lot of jewelry that, that $60, uh, like a $60, like really thin necklace with a heart that's like, Double hearts connected and stuff like that, or there's a, there's a market for every price. The price exactly, you know exactly. I mean, so. But they, but they, they, they definitely cater to the market for us uh, guys getting in at the sixty joint because they know a lot of us can't afford like the really expensive jewelry. So they, they, they definitely market towards uh, Valentine's. They definitely bring in a lot of product for Valentine's Day specifically, and I think that that that's really um, a big deal for for jewelry because I think a lot of jewelry gets sold during uh, Valentine's. I personally have never really been a very big jewelry uh, person myself. I, I don't wear jewelry really, and then my wife she really is not really that big into jewelry, uh, and even at that she prefers. Uh, stainless steel over uh, gold and stuff like that because I think she has like allergies to it, so she prefers uh, stainless steel. But I've never really been a, I'm a much of a jewelry person. I've, I've traditionally been more of a um, a flowers and plushy kind of person. My my wife tends to like plushes and stuff like that, so I do plushes. Maybe perfume every now and then because she does like perfumes. Mike, what's a plush? A plush is like a stuffed animal. Oh. The, you should the, the, just say stuff animal. Well, they call them plushes. I don't call it plushes. I don't know what that means. Well, that's because you're you're uncouth and uncivilized. Wow. <laughs> wow, with the insults wow, again, Inspector again. Lou. Yeah, the, the insults, yeah. No, plushes. I'm just kidding. Uh, plushes are just, you know, they're, they're figurines. That are I, stuffed thought, I thought it was a made of work there for a minute. Like, no, no, plushes are like, uh, it's it's they they tend to be like not stuffed animals, but like stuffed characters, like uh, like cartoon characters or anime characters. They the they, so they they're a character, so you can't really call them a stuffed animal. They're 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 a plush. Oh, okay, like for anime and stuff like that. Yeah, like anime and things like that. Like, and it could be like, uh, uh like almost like a pillow shaped kind of like plush. You know, the it, it feels like a pillow, but it's shaped like a character. Oh, but so it's stuffed. It's, so, so it's not really a stuffed animal. It could be a stuffed animal. It could be a stuffed animal. It could oh. be considered a plush too. Yes, I got you. I got you. Okay, I didn't and, and so my wife prefers the plushes and. And the flowers. I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't even really know she really cares for the flowers. I get the flowers because they come with a plush. I don't know if she really cares about the flowers because, you know, she'll cut the ends and put them in a vase, but then they'll die. And then it's like, yeah, they die. But she cares more about the the actual uh, plush or the little, the little, the little plush that comes with it. She'll, she'll keep that forever. My wife loves flowers, man. She really likes flowers. She don't like roses, but she likes flowers. Okay, so so you don't do the roses. She likes what? Does she like like dandelions well, or? I like giving her roses. Like I like roses. Right, because like traditionally as men, we've been taught that roses symbolize love and that we always want to. Give, but you're right. A lot of women nowadays do not care for roses. They rather have like lilies or or dandelions or um. Uh, what's the other the well, real big one? Orchids. She likes orchids. orchids yeah, yes. Likes yes. Hmm. Those are kind of hard to find. You don't find those everywhere, though. No, you don't. Not, not especially like, here in I Texas. Like they don't. They don't. Well, because roses against again, that's that the whole market deal is the roses have been marketed as the flower for love, and so they they basically grow the crap out of roses, and and that's all you find everywhere is roses during Valentine's Day. 
How about you there, Doc? You quiet, boy. You sipping on that on that that, that rum over there and enjoying that cigar. I see you over there. He's enjoying himself while we're over here talking. That's what he's doing. Man, that's some that's some good stuff because you know Valentine's really into a big one. You know, with us because my wife doesn't like flowers. She doesn't like kind of all that that stuff. But for the most part, though, you and your your wife are you're always doing things together, though. So pretty much for you guys, it's like Valentine's every day because I, I noticed that you guys are always <laughs> going out to eat. You always go do things. Y'all do a lot together. Y'all are constantly together. And again, I, I think that's really what Valentine's really is. They try to commercialize it, but I think in the end, Valentine's Day to me is is, is more about spending time with your your spouse. At least that day, particular to really celebrate you two together. I think that's what they really want. Well, there's another a different way of looking at it too, because not everybody's like Doc, you know, that takes his wife out all the time. You know, some of us got to be reminded sometimes that hey, you know what, spend one day with your woman or treat her well at least one day out of the year. You know, not everybody's. Um, as caring or you know you get stuck in the routine sometimes too and sometimes that can get you out of your routine and do something special for your lady and i think that you hit it right on the nose right there i think i think a lot of times with relationships the reason why they start to fall apart is because i think as guys we like routine we like to get into a routine and then we get stuck in that routine and that rut and then we start to take things for granted sometimes we uh we have a, a way of doing things and and and, and especially when you get married and you have kids then it all comes about working to support the family and then you forget the fact that your wife is a woman before she's a mother before she's your wife she's still a woman and i think sometimes we forget to celebrate the fact that she's a woman and that we at one point were chasing after her like we forget that sometimes that you know when we married for a while especially when you've been married for a while you forget at one point you were doing everything you possibly could to get with her and and again, as a joke, yeah, I would say, yeah, we were trying to get them pants, we were trying to get them draws, but in reality, it wasn't. That's not the only thing we were trying to get. There was something about her in particular that you liked, that you wanted to spend more time with, and that's the reason why you made her your wife. Because I, I, I'm sure it wasn't just sex. <laughs> I mean, we like to think it was just sex, but I'm, I'm sure it wasn't just sex. Because if it was just sex, I'm sure, sure, a lot of us still wouldn't be married to this day. Because as we all know, once you get married, the sex kind of decreases quite a bit. There's other things I think that 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 are, are that make up your wife, that make out your spouse or your girlfriend, that keeps you wanting to, to be together. And I think we take that for granted every now and then. We forget maybe we should take her out a little bit. Maybe we should buy her a little cake. Maybe we shouldn't wait till Valentine's Day to take her out or do something for her. Maybe we should try to do it uh, once every now and then. Like well, my son uh, that lives in New York, he's 22 years old, and he had uh, he had put me on this thing, and I, and I never thought about it, and it made sense to him. He does this two 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 system. And I'm like, what the hell's that, son? And, and granted, he's 22 years old. I'm 43 years old, and he's still teaching me now. And I'm like, that's crazy. But he taught me this 222 system. And I was like, what is that, son? He goes, well, we save up our money, Dad. And every two weeks, I take her out to eat. Every two months, we take that money and we go out to a, um, either somewhere nicer to eat or we do like a little, um, like a staycation. Go somewhere uh, out of the area that's different. Because it costs a little bit more money. And then he was like, once, eventually, at some point, Dad, when I get my money together, every two years, I like to take her on a vacation. I'm like, wow, you know what? That is cool. Because then you're, you're remembering, you're you're still celebrating the fact that you're a couple together. And I don't think we do a lot of that. So I like Valentine's Day, but at the same time, too, I think Valentine's Day is a crutch for us. Because it's a day that reminds us that we need to celebrate our wife. 
when in actuality, we probably should be doing it more and more throughout the year, I think. I'm, I mean, again, just my opinion. I could be wrong. What about us? What about the men? Do Is that is it Valentine's Day for the men, too? Yeah, the it's called uh, March 14th. It's taking March BJ 24th. Day. March 24th. What's 24? March 14th. Is it the 14th? It's the 14th, Steak and BJ Day. Do y'all celebrate Steak and BJ Day? Or maybe it's a Texas thing, I think, maybe. No, we do not. Yeah, you, have you ever heard of Steak and BJ Day? I heard about it, but this came from a radio station, correct? Yeah, it's, it started off with a radio station, but then it's picked up and it's actually become a holiday. And so Steak and BJ Day is March 14th, and it's supposed to be about the man. And basically, it's where the woman takes the man out for dinner or whatever like that. And ideally, ideally... <laughs> you get a blowjob at the end of the night. It doesn't always happen, but it's 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 a it's a reversal of the appreciation. It's, it's a day for your wife to to appreciate uh, you as a husband. Which, again, like you're right. A lot of times, as men, we do get overlooked. Um, I think in society, the, the men in general get overlooked quite often. Like we're supposed to take care of the family. We're supposed to show the wife we love her. We're supposed to provide for the children. All these things we're supposed to do. But nobody ever realizes, hey, hey, what about his needs? What about what he wants? What about what makes him happy? I think that tends to get looked over a lot. Steak and BJ Day should be a national holiday. I feel it should be. I feel we it might should have be to call it holiday. something else, though. You know, instead of Steak and BJ Day, maybe like, I don't know, something like Guy's Day or Treat Your Guy Right or something. I don't know, dude. It's just Steak and BJ Day sounds great, honestly. But It's perfect. I mean, yeah. let's, you know what? Guys are simple. This is called the what it is. And that's why it's thinking me like they hid theirs under this Valentine's Day. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's it's Women's Celebration Day is what it is. Because there's no man sitting there saying, like, oh, my God, it's it's Valentine's Day. Oh, my God, I can't wait to get chocolates and flowers. No, it's the women waiting for all this stuff. So it's do, not us. Do you get anything for Valentine's Day? Have, have you ever gotten anything for Valentine's Day? Has, does your wife get you something about this? What you know about what, you, Doc? I, you know what? I, I believe I, if I'm, and I'm bad. I have a horrible memory. I do. But I do believe my wife got me a card one time for Valentine's Day. One time? One time that I can recall. I'm sure she's done more. And, and, uh, and I'm going to get in trouble behind this because I don't remember. But I do recall one time her getting me a, fly, uh, uh, a card um, telling me she was happy about being married to me. And that's probably when I was when we were first married and she was still happy about it. <laughs> and before I was doing all the jokes on stage about her. <laughs> now she's probably sitting there thinking like, damn, what did I get myself into? What about you, Doc? Let me put you on spotlight. What about you, bud? Oh, yeah. She she goes usually above and beyond. And that's usually what triggers, oh, crap, it's Valentine's Day today. Because <laughs> I usually don't remember. Yeah, same with me. My wife also does that. She does She does go out of her way. And she does uh, give me stuff for Valentine's Day too. Yeah, and always, always out try of her way. Now, has your wife ever surprised you with something for Valentine's Day, and you completely forgot that it was that day and didn't have anything to give back to her? Well, it's kind of hard to forget Valentine's Day, like we said earlier, because you know it's, it's well, it's, it's hard to remember forget that it's happening, but it, sometimes it's hard to remember what day it's on. Yeah, or sometimes you get you know you're so involved in your work and or what you're doing, or maybe you could be coming down to crunch time at job or a job or something, or for whatever you do and you yeah you have forgotten and, and i think that's that has happened to me where i have forgotten i forgot to get i forgot to get or something that's when those gas station uh over here in houston the houston area those gas station um little shops that they have outside kind of come in <laughs> come come into play where 
you know, like, oh, shit, I forgot something. And you know what? Let me go to the store and get something and come back with uh, like a little teddy bear and some flowers and stuff like that. Yeah, so they have a lot of vendors that, that on the corners of the freeways, at the gas stations here in Texas, and they sell these big bouquets of flowers or these plushes with perfumes and things like that. And it, it's basically a, a, a lifesaver for, for us guys here in, in Texas uh, on Valentine's Day because it's the last minute. Oh, dang, I forgot to get something. But I can stop there and pick up something before I go home. Um, I use those. I have used those in the past because, again, like you said, sometimes we get so wrapped up in everything and we forget. Because, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is always on the 14th, but sometimes the 14th could be a Wednesday, it could be a Thursday, it could be a Friday. And depending on what you got going on that day, especially in, in, in the plant situation, because every day is so different. And, and one day something could be important and, and a rush and then you just get tied up in it and forget about it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's when we got to start planning, right? Doc? That's the key. Start planning now. Actually, start planning last month. But if you haven't found yourself planning, start planning now. Well, so you don't find yourself in the uh, Walgreens aisle trying to pick through the. <laughs> I don't uh, go to Walgreens. I, I quit going to Walgreens because I, for one, Walgreens sells nothing but those uh, Russell chocolates, and and it's, it's always eighty dollars for a small box of Russell chocolate. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but it's a lot of money for a little bitty thing of chocolate, and it, it's really not even worth it. You know who makes a really good Valentine's bouquet, and they can do it at any given time for you? H E B. Have you ever gone to H-E-B and got one of their bouquets or one of their Valentine's baskets? Yeah, but see, the thing is with H-E-B, they're, they're so busy and they have they have such great selection that by the time you get off of work, you know, sometimes you don't get off of work till 5, 7 o'clock at night. Uh, sometimes when you work in these refineries and when you get there, all the good selections are gone. But the good thing about with well, H-E-B by me is they'll make one for you. You tell them what you want and they'll put it together in a package and, and, and give it to you. Not when they they even have day. one with beer. Nice. It is awesome. I saw one the other day with a dose Equis and flowers and a plush. And I was like, what? It was like, these guys get men That's and so women cool. because my wife would have, I'm sure she would appreciate a bouquet of, of Akashi beer because she likes Japanese beer. Akashi beer with a plush and, and, and the hell with the flowers. You give her the balloons. And I think she would love that. Yeah, that, that don't sound bad at all. And then you, especially if she likes to share, you know? That, that no, I didn't say she was going to share that beer. <laughs> it's just going to be all hers, but I, I'm sure she would uh, appreciate that. But yeah, yeah. So again, uh, Valentine's Day, it, it, it's it, it's a holiday. We know it's going to hit and you definitely want to plan in advance. Uh, like I said before, um, so my wife, her birthday is also in February and it's like a few days before Valentine's Day. So a lot of times I kind of merge the two, and maybe I'm wrong, but I merge the two together. I merge it. I merge her birthday along with Valentine's Day, so we'll do like a dinner or something like that, and then I'll get her something nice, and and I kind of just mix the two together. Am I wrong for doing that? Should I should I should I separate the two or? You should separate the two. I believe you should separate the two. But if you do merge them together, spend more money. You know, spend the money that you were going to spend on. On Valentine's and the more you were gonna spend on just spend more. So you think you think the more you spend shows the more you love? No, but she could actually benefit from both at the same time instead of you know doing one and then the other. You know, since this is a a women day, she has to benefit from it. So do you think you think sending something to her job is is it, like 
Do you think women appreciate you sending something to their job so they can kind of show, like, I think the so. ability to show off to other people that, hey, my man cares about me? Do you think, think that's so. a, that plays I, a big factor for I think for, so. I for, think it, for, it makes them feel special, you know, especially, like, if her coworker or something got something and then you didn't send her nothing, then, like, oh, shit, my husband forgot about me, you know, sometimes. It could play a factor. I don't know. I don't know how women think, but I would imagine. Well, I mean, none of us, that's a point. None of us really know how women think. We have ideas, but, and honestly, I mean, I've been married for, for like uh, almost going on three years now, but I've, I've known my wife for 20 something years and we've been together for six years, almost seven years now, I think. Right. <laughs> right. Doc, about seven Again. years, doc. Sure. Yeah. Whatever you want to tell me. Sure. Seven, Mike, seven six, years, five. So. All the numbers so look I, I the same to it's me. Almost been seven years, but even to this day, I still don't know everything about my wife. So I don't really know how she thinks about everything. So I assume. And again, assuming is not always a good thing, but. But I. I, I don't worry about it, Mike. I've been with my wife since I was in junior high. We started dating in junior high, and I still don't know everything about my wife. It's like, you can't figure these women out. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just everything changes from time to time, from mood to mood. Don't it, Doc? Oh, yeah, that's that's agreed. I know my wife says she doesn't care about this stuff. Like, it doesn't make a big deal to her. But as a man, I feel like I want to send her something at work that way that she can kind of show off, hey. And then that, too, you know, and, 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 and subconsciously, I think it's a good thing to send them something at work. That way there's any dudes at work that are even thinking about looking at your wife realize, oh, man, she got a man that cares about her. <laughs> because I feel like if you don't send her something and there's guys at work and, and, and they're like, oh, look at her. She didn't get nothing from her man. Her man don't care about her. I'm going to sweep in and sweep, try to sweet talk her a little bit. More like a, yeah, that's my woman right there. Exactly. So for the guy's point of view, we do it more of a claiming our territory, marking our, marking our spot. This is my woman. Stay away from her. I care about her. Kind of like the equivalent of them putting a hickey on us, kind of. Exactly. I haven't had a hickey on me forever. But you know what? The first and and one. No, but the first, (laughs) the first and worst hickey I've ever got in my life was from from my wife, uh, back in high school. We were dating. So my a little background. Me and my wife have been together for for seven years, but we also dated in high school twenty something years ago. Uh, and so 20 years ago when we were dating in high school, I, I, I didn't realize, but I was a rebound guy and she was just using me to, to make her real boyfriend jealous. Wow. Yeah, I know. You were and here guy. 20 years, 20 years later, here we are, we're married. But 20 years ago, my wife was the first person ever to give me a hickey and she gave me such a horrible hickey. It looked like somebody took the back of my neck and just like punched the shit out of it. It was, it was a big old black and purple hickey. It was, Hold on. It why, was, why was a hickey in the back of your neck, though? Because that was a, that's a, a, that's like a sweet spot. Now, you ever been kissing like right in the back, like in the uh, back uh, you know, part I, of the neck? I, I'm not homophobic at all, but I don't, I only got gay guys got hickeys in the back of their neck, honestly. No, 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 man. They kiss all around the neck, and there's just that one spot that's just really sweet, and it just kind of really just like, uh, it just gives you the... It just gives you the uh, so anyways, she put a big old hickey right there and it was huge and it was black. And I remember how bad it was because I went to class that day. Right. And they could see they could see that. The hickey. Like it's not scum. like, huh? just like hair scum. it wasn't directly on the back. OK, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, Lou. I've, seen, I've heard about people come. I've heard about people come out of Harris County with stuff it, like that. It wasn't you know? directly. It wasn't directly <laughs> on the back. It was. Me. <laughs> it was. It was by the ear. It was by the ear on the side towards the back. But anyway, that's what I mean. It was. Mean, it was a, you know, it was a like, huge. It was a what huge. What was she doing back there? You know, she was kissing I'm all strap over. Strap-on type work. You know, right now when he's seeing this kind of stuff. You know, like. Okay. Oh, you know what? All right, we're gonna have difficult dif- technical difficulties, and Lou's gotta leave us. I'm sorry, he's just gotta go. I don't know. Let me. I'm sorry, Mike. He's, he's not letting me turn the mic you down. Got, you, 
It's okay, Mike. It's okay. It's Either okay. way, she gave me really. Everybody huge got their own thing. I'm sorry. She gave me really huge hickey. It was it was it was a big big. It was more on the the back right side of the neck. <laughs> it was it wasn't directly on the back. It was to the right. It's just behind the ear a little bit. Either way, I remember I remember specifically where it was because she gave me such a huge hickey. And it was so dark and it hurt. It really hurt. It, it like it went from feeling good to like, oh my god, you're hurting me. Quit sucking the life out of me. And so I had this big ass hickey on the back of on, on the side of my neck there. And I remember I remember going to school and my teacher being like, what happened with? I like, oh, what do you mean what happened? She's like, Mike, you have a big hickey right there. Who did that to you? I'm like, well, my wife did it. Or at the time, I just my girlfriend did it, right? And she's like, I know your girlfriend. That's a fast ass chick. You need to quit messing with her. No way. She yeah. Said that. You, my teacher called my wife. Teacher said that she called she, her fast. She no calls way. her a fast, a fast ass chick. I was like, what? She's like, I know who she is. <laughs> and I laughed at the same time. I laughed, but I, I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Um, anyway, 20 years later, we got back together. And you know you're in trouble after this podcast, we, bro. Yeah. She, I told her the story, too. I mean, it wasn't me. It was my teacher. The teacher called her fast. I didn't call her fast. But my wife will tell you, she, she was living a different life back then. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, no, I, I'm not really big on the hickeys because of that. So, no, it's not. It, yeah, I haven't had a hickey in forever. But, but yeah, it's, it's like that. It's the equivalent of, of marking... Saying this is my woman, stay away from her because I got her. I think as men, we're generally like that. We're protective over a woman. We don't want nobody. While we, I don't know about you. I don't mind people admiring my wife. I don't want nobody coming and talking to my wife though. Not in that sense, you know, where I feel like they're trying to. Yeah, because that's disrespectful in a way. Like if you know she's taken, yeah, it does happen. It does happen. happen. Especially if you got a good looking wife. And I do. I have a beautiful wife. I have an amazing wife. Uh, Yeah. So. Yeah, it's and it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen if you if you uh, have a good looking wife. There's gonna be guys that are gonna be approaching her and stuff like that. And you gotta be able to handle that and, and and trust that she's gonna be able to handle that as well to you and she'd be faithful to you as well. Isn't that right, Doc? Yeah, I think you hit on it uh, right there, Inspector Lou. You know, it's trust. These are our wives. You know, we're all married, long term married here, and you know we know our wives. We know the situations that they you know end up in, and you know we trust them. They handle themselves, and we really don't have nothing to to really worry about, you know, on that part. You know, I used to when I was younger, I used to be um, I used to be really jealous and about stuff like that, you know. And I used to be really jealous and really try to be kind of, I guess some of us get so involved and so controlling, you know, that or some people do. And and I was kind of like that when I was young. I was so in love and I was so, you know, so into into her. And to one of my uncles, I was working out of town with him. He said, because especially when you're working out of town, you know, you, your girlfriend or your wife's at home, and you, your mind starts thinking these crazy things, right? And he said, look, a woman's going to, if a woman's going to cheat on you, she could do it in front of you and, and right behind your back, you being right there, you know, it's like, it's just if they want to or not, you know? So you, like you said, trust has everything to do with that. Oh, yeah, that, that's trust. And it's like I said, we've gotten older and wiser, you know, We've learned, you know, kind of like how immature we were back then. Yeah, and hopefully we get get better and better through <laughs> through the years. <laughs> it's a lifelong process. <laughs> I agree, I agree. So, do you have any plans for this Valentine's Day, Doc? I mean, you hit me with the plans again. We have like no <laughs> plans at this time. You know, that's where I like to hit up. You know, like you know, on advice on on that part is. 
I mean, I think it is critical to plan, you know, on that part. If that's what, you know, is a big holiday for her, I mean, start planning, start planning now. Like I said, so you don't find yourself at the gas station or in the Walgreens picking through the expensive leftovers for. <laughs> I've been there. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm there almost every year. I still haven't learned my lesson yet. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. I have a lot of lessons on what not to get. Uh, For sure, because you find that out whenever it sits in the closet and doesn't get worn, right? Like, you buy them like a purse. Yeah, clothes clothes and purses are the worst thing to buy for female, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, because if they don't like the color, they ain't going to wear it. I I remember I spent like $500 one time buying a purse for her. I I can't remember the brand of it. it And she didn't like it. Well... She never wore it, you know. So, so yeah, she didn't like I, it. I guess it's still still in the closet, it's sitting on top of the closet, you know, just sitting there. So, yeah. So I don't get her purses no more <laughs> when it comes to Valentine's Day, <laughs> or if I do give her a purse, I, she goes and picks it out, you know. It's, uh, when it comes to that, yeah. Much so, like wiser. Said, you know, yeah. So you, there's things that that you learn from the years, not or from the times, not to. So do do you think it's okay to give uh, your wife or your girlfriend a gift card for Valentine's Day and allow them to pick out their gift? Well, in my opinion, no, because. It, this is my opinion because it's it's not personal, you know. It's more like a gift you give, like for a, a birthday, you know, or somebody that you don't really know very well or you don't know their taste. And your wife, you're kind of you're supposed to know. You're supposed to know their taste. You're supposed to know what she likes, what she doesn't like. So a gift card is very. Un- so you feel un- you personal. feel the the gift card is un- is impersonal. Yeah, for Valentine's Day, yeah, correct. I feel like it is. I feel like you're not you didn't put any thought into it, you know, and that's what it's all about. Okay, I, I could I could go with that. I could rock with that. I I personally like um, gift cards because again, my wife's taste changes so much. So if I'm rather than getting her clothes or something like that, I rather get her a gift card so she can pick out clothes wise what she wants. Um, other gifts, you know, there's things like she likes. I know she likes anime. I know she likes um, Japanese culture, things like that. So things like that, I can buy her all day long, and I know she'll like it. She'll appreciate it. But when it comes to clothes, it's just it's hard for me to pick because one sizes you never ever want to guess the size on your on your wife because if you guess too big she gets upset if you guess too small and it don't fit then she's upset so unless you know like exactly 100 and that's requiring you to go through her stuff and look for everything um and even at that what you if she wears a medium or or a large and then you go buy something that's a medium or a large and it fits either smaller or bigger than you know because you know different brands different fits uh, Let me ask you something. What about like when there's a present? Do you wrap a present or do you show it to her? I mean, is it kind of like a birthday gift where it's got to be a surprise or something that she already knows is coming? You know what I mean? For Valentine's Day. So what Valentine's Day is always a surprise. I don't I don't really let her know what I'm going to get her. I just get her whatever I'm going to get her. But uh, again, I stick mostly to flowers, plushes and, and perfumes because I know she always likes perfumes. And, and the scents that I the scent that I pick out, she tends to like. And then the plushes, she usually likes whatever plush I get her. So I stick to that because it's safe for me. I don't really do clothes. I don't do bags. Because for one, my wife, she's not a really big bag person. Like, I bought her a really nice, expensive, um, uh, what was it, uh, Michael Kors purse. And she has it, but she don't very, every, she very rarely uses it. When I asked her about it one time, she's like, oh, I just, it's so pretty. It's so expensive. I don't want to use it all the time. I just want to use it when we go out somewhere. That's what my wife said. But I, that to me, that means I didn't like it. Exactly. That's what I think, too. I think she thinks, wow, this is really gaudy. I don't really like it, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. The one I bought her was white, and she was like, well, it's just this white, and I don't want to get dirty. 
Now, Carter, if you don't like it, just say so. We can return it, you know. But she's like, no, I really loved it, you know. But well, they don't realize is us guys are we're sensitive too. We get our feelings hurt too behind that stuff. Like, we feel bad when we get you something you don't like it and you don't want to use it. Yeah. So, yeah, women, y'all gotta use it. Y'all gotta use it so you can make us at least feel better because we just spend time and a lot of money sometimes on that. Sometimes a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, again, so do you think money translates to the more you spend, the more I love you? I think it's more the thought that counts for me, for me. I think so then it's, so it's not about the money. So you can spend a little bit of money, but the thought behind it was, was good. And, and, and it was pure. Then it should be just as good. If you spent $300, it might be depend on the relationship. Cause I've, I've seen other couples where they, if you don't spend a lot of money, the, the wife thinks that you don't care about her. They they don't like the gift because it's, you didn't spend enough money on it. So on that, in that case, who, whose fault is it that is it the girl because she's being greedy or is it the dude because she knows that you can afford to get a little bit more and you choose not to and you're just being cheap or I think it could be both. Maybe because a girl is kind of rude, uh, kind of, in my opinion, a girl could be kind of greedy or you could got to get her used to having expensive gifts and used to giving her the kind of gifts that when you don't, then that's when it makes a difference. So start off low and work your way up slowly <laughs> till you're comfortable, but never exceed your comfort level then is what you're saying. That's what I would do. Yes. Yeah. Because then it's kind of hard to get somebody used to giving them really expensive gifts all the time, you know, and then whenever you don't, then they're kind of like, oh, this is it. Yeah, I've never had anybody do that to me. Uh, and I'm glad that because I, 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 I would be honest with you, that would probably ever that would stop me from ever getting anything for Valentine's Day. I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, huh, yeah, you're right. That isn't it. I'm sorry. My bad. Let me let me go. Let me take this back and get you something else. And then after that, it'd be like it would never be anything else after that. I would just be like, oh, Valentine's again. Oh, I forgot. My bad. <laughs> of course, I'd probably get divorced by that point. I don't have that problem, though, because my wife is really cool. No matter what I get her, she 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 tells me she loves me. She loves it. And she just, I think she's just happy because she got something from me and that I remembered. I think again, again, I think to me, Valentine's Day is more about remembering and reminding her or, or showing her that you do remember how special she is. That's what, to me, I think it means. And I think that's, again, to her, what she cares about the most, too. I think I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. She could be sitting in the room right now listening to this podcast and be like, yeah, uh-huh, whatever. I better get something really expensive this year or else I could be wrong. But I think in the, in the end, as long as I get her something and I show her that I really put some thought into it, I think she'll like it. I think she does. I, I, I could, again, I could be wrong, but I'm not sure. How about you, Doc? I guess the best advice I would give is don't go into debt on Valentine's Day trying to be, uh, you know, going over the top. Yeah, again, like I said, if, you, if you're if you waiting to Valentine's Day to show your wife that you care about her, then you pretty much already just in the hole as it is already. Like, you have bigger issues, I think, at that point if you're waiting for Valentine's Day to show your wife that you care about her. True, true. But some of us need to be reminded, like we said earlier. Like, well, those who have to be reminded consistently are going to find out one day the hard way. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, babe, how you doing? My friend Bob today at work, he, he uh, took me out to eat. It's no big deal. We're just friends. We're just friends. Whoa. Then we come into those trust issues that we were talking about earlier, you know? Right. And, and you know what? As guys, I think we automatically already have our fences up all the time about that because, like, to us, it's always a competition. Like, even when we have them, we're still like, it's a competition. Like, hey, you better not talk to my woman or, hey, you know, things like that. But, again, I let think me, we're... Let me ask you something. Uh, do you think it's okay for you to go out with a coworker that is a female? Like, not to go out, but to go out to eat, like, for lunch? If we're in a group, 
it's fine. But just me and a female coworker, no, I wouldn't do that. What about your wife? The other way around. I would hope she wouldn't do that. Uh, I mean, honestly, I would hope she wouldn't do it because, again, uh, it depends too. If I know her coworker and we've hung out and and I know them pretty well, and they're like, oh, okay, that's so and so. I understand the situation. Like, if I knew their, if we knew each other pretty well, then it, that depends. But if it's somebody I don't know and, and it's somebody that that has done things in the past that have made me suspicious, then I would I would get upset behind it. Yeah. What's the mass and shit? What's that? What's the mass? Uh, I will definitely lean towards that whooping ass <laughs> shit. I, 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 I know at some point it would get me in trouble because that's the thing too. Like you can't act out on the way you want to because it could embarrass her. It could cost her her job. So it's kind of like, it's one of those things where you, I think you need really to just take care of it at the house. Hey, look, I understand you did this and it makes me uncomfortable. I wish you didn't do that. And then, I mean, it's up to her at that point whether she does, if she respects your wishes or she don't. Okay. So our cigars are getting a little, a little smaller and smaller. Do you taste a difference in them? Yes. So typically, um, the foot of the cigar has a different flavor than the middle and then in the end. Um, as you get closer to the end, you're getting more of ash in your cigar, so you're going to start losing the flavor, and you're just going to start getting kind of like an ash kind of taste to it. So usually that's usually the, the, the end of that cigar. Um, you don't smoke them all the way down to, the, to nothing. It's usually, I, I want to say, maybe about – it's not even – it's maybe three quarters of the cigars you smoke, maybe give or take. It really depends on the individual and kind of like what they're getting. Um, Cause you kind of think as you, as you light it and you draw through, it has, you know, the distance of the cigar that comes through and heat actually plays, you know, a, a big, big factor, yeah. you know, so as we're getting closer and closer down to the nub, the cigar is burning hotter. So you're going to get different flavors. You're going to get more of an ash flavor out of it. So typically right where, I, where we're at, so the cigars that we had today, for example, uh, these were like about a 45-minute smoke. So they should last for about 45 minutes. And and uh, again, this goes back to the etiquette thing. So you have to go back and listen to the third episode where we talk about etiquette. But nice. generally, you want to take one puff every minute. And that's how you, you judge a good rotation on the cigar is one puff every minute. And so for like these ones, you should have been able to get 45 puffs or 45 minutes worth of smoke out of it. And we pretty much exceeded that already at this point, I think. Uh, we're, we, we've gone way past uh, 45 minutes on the cigar. So, yeah, you're, right now you're going to probably get like a more of a burnt kind of flavor out of it. Is that what you're getting out of it? No, I still like it, man. That's good. Still a good cigar. Yeah, like you, you're I down to like it. the you're down like to the roach. <laughs> I am, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like two fingers in this. Yes, yeah, personal preference. On, on what you like. I'm starting to like feel the heat and then pick up that kind of acrid and like bitter taste. And that's where I taste. Yeah. And this is usually like where I want to stop now, at. Huh? Mm-hmm. More like a cigarette now. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I say, look, I think this was, this was a great podcast. I had a, a good time today. It, Lou, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us. Thank you for having uh, me. Doc, as always, it's always good being here, hanging out together. Um, this is just, uh, just a final sum of, uh, sum of everything real quick. Let's sum it up. So, guys, it's Valentine's Day. It's in two weeks. Uh, if you haven't planned to get your, your, your spouse or your wife or your girlfriend or your side piece or anything right now, uh, you better start looking into it. And if not, there's a lot of different options. You, you have corner stores and you have uh, people on the uh, vendors on the side that are selling them. They Last minute, they work as a pinch. Uh, you're going to spend somewhere between sixty to seventy dollars for a decent uh, gift. Um, if you want to surprise your your ladies, 
Uh, I strongly suggest doing edible uh, edible arrangements. You can do it online, and generally you want to do it at least three to four days out uh, from Valentine's Day so they, you can make sure they get it. Um, or if not, hey, you know, plan ahead and get something nice for them if you want to. Um, dinner is always a great thing. I prefer uh, doing dinner either before or after because Valentine's Day, unless you got reservations, it's really difficult to get in. So Even with reservations sometimes. Even with because they do overbook sometimes. Yes, you're right. Sometimes you're sitting in line for an hour or two, even when you have reservations. Exactly, because Valentine's Day, everybody wants to go eat. So uh, those are just some options, guys, uh, to, to how to survive Valentine's Day. And, uh, again, uh, today we, we were smoking the uh, drum, the, the, the dram, the dram cast threes. Number uh, three. Mm-hmm. Cast number three. And it was, it was a great smoke. Um, very nice medium profile, a little bit of spice, a little bit of pepper in there. Um, it definitely brought out the bourbon flavor of the Zafra rum that we were smoking, that we were drinking today. Uh, so definitely, if you if you find those in your um, at Specs or any of your liquor stores, uh, Zafra, it's it's definitely a great rum to go with uh, at your local smoke shop. If you can find a dram on a cast number three, definitely pick it up. It was really really worth uh, the buy. And uh, again, Lou, thank you for joining us. And uh, I think that's it. So uh, this is Mike and Doc. And we'll say uh, catch you next week. Bye.